Hey, pumpkins. Welcome to another episode of Copulators Die First. Hi. And as always, our episode contains spoilers. Heavy spoiler content. And if you haven't already seen the film, go ahead and press pause now and we'll be right here waiting for you when you're ready. Yeah. And now, on to this week's episode. Hey, pumpkins. And welcome back to another episode of Copulators Die First. I'm Ash. And I'm Nick. Hey. Hi. Welcome back to the third week of October slash Homoween. It's um, so exciting. It's super exciting because today we're going to start the episode off with something special. Um, so we did some research, we being Nick, and... We got baby's first PR package. Yeah, baby. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I don't know. Ye eat. I don't know. Some other ex- <laughs> um, as the children say, should I give everyone a little bit of information about what we're talking about? Yes, please. Okay. So copulators die first have made friends with the company horror pack. And Horror Pack is essentially a horror movie subscription box. You get four movies, brand spanking new, in your mailbox every month. They have different options, Blu-ray or DVD. And every month you get a box of four movies delivered to your humble abode. Um, You can do one month, you can do more than one month, but it's one of those subscription boxes where the longer you sign up for, the better deal that it is. And they do ship worldwide and the movies are yours to keep. Um, So Horror Pack sent both Ashley and I our own Horror Pack and we thought we would start out this episode by opening them up live on the air so that you guys could get an idea of what Horror Pack is packing. And um, hopefully you guys will be excited as we are and go and sign up for your own subscription. Okay? And it's, it's super awesome because they were generous enough to send us each one because right. Nick and I are not in the same location, as y'all know. Yes. But the other thing is... They're mystery. Like we don't yeah. know what's in them. Yeah, you knows. don't. Like, they give yeah, you, you give you like hints. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we don't know what's in these boxes, but they're four horror movies, and on top of them being horror movies, they're fancy ass Blu-rays. So, um, we are about to discover which four new horror movies on Blu-ray are in our possession. Um, yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah, so so as Ashley said before we started recording, we're starting out this homoween episode with a little treat. Aha. All right. Hmm. Um, so shall we open? Let's unbox it, baby. Oh my god. Get ready for the ASMR of tearing and ripping of packaging people. Ooh. Oh yeah. Sleep. Oh look. So it comes in a little um a little like security sleeve so nothing gets bumped around. Yeah, it's a little, like, white bubble mailer in a brown box. Yep, and I see four blue packages and signifying that these are indeed Blu-rays. 
Okay, do you want to pull one out and then I'll pull one out and see if we got the same ones? Okay, go for it. All right, I'm going to I'm going to pull one out first. Uh-huh. Ooh, okay. We have something called Hellarious, H E L L A R I O U S. Oh, I got that one too. It's a horror pack limited edition Blu-ray. Oh. Um, I know nothing about this film. Oh, well, looking on the back really quick, it looks like a anthology film. It's Seven Legendary Tales of When It All Goes to Hell. Yes. Very That's nice. Intriguing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Nick, your turn. All right. I'm going to pull the next one out. Um, oh, American Mary. Yes. Soska Sisters. Yeah. No, this Excellent. is like genuine. This is genuinely an actually good movie, though. Yeah. I, I freaking enjoy this one a lot. Okay, so now we own it on Blu-ray, and that's Blu-ray. pretty cool. All right, we got two more. All right, this next one, The Hole. Okay, Blu-ray let's see. Blu-ray DVD combo pack. Oh, I also have the. So clearly, it's the same movies for every one for the month because yeah. it's it's like every month there's like a September horror pack and a October horror pack, etc. So I like that this has like a like a metallic-y sleeve. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, the director of Gremlins and Small Soldiers. Small Soldiers. I haven't seen it. I have seen Small Soldiers and the Gremlins, though. You haven't seen this? No, I have not. Oh, it's pretty good. I think you'll like it. Smart, Last scary, one. and full of perverse dark humor. I mean, those it's, are good things. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay, last one. Dead Mine. Ooh, this looks corny and bad. Are those supposed to be like samurai robots in the background? Could be. Well, according to Armando Dela Cruz from the film Police, this movie is spectacularly impressive. Oh. What is this? Hey. First rate production values, comparable to a lot of high end big budget Hollywood productions. So clearly, this was a indie film. An indie. So maybe you get three big productions in an indie or two and two. I mean, or maybe it's just like what is going to be in the month. It's just always, um, you know, a surprise. But yeah, because I've been following them on the Instagrams to see what like their hints are. And they, uh-huh. like, drop, they drop different ones, I think, like every day or every week for what's mm-hmm. coming in the next box. Okay, so then basically, you know, I mean, the good thing about this is that it's a surprise, so you're unknowingly opening yourself up to new films that you've never heard of before. Um, I love blind boxes, so I'm excited. Yeah, this is pretty cool, and I'm super excited to watch both the, what's it called? Um, oh. Hole, but then also Hilarious sounds very intriguing and up my alley. Um, and, I mean, Deadmine. Uh, who knows? Maybe that'll be a gem. I mean, you know, it it, it 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 seems like it's going to be full of samurai zombies or something. The legend of Yashimita's gold lures a group of treasure hunters deep into the Indonesian jungle. Once they are trapped in an abandoned World War II Japanese bunker, they face the terrifying reality that the only way out is to go further in. Combining fast-paced action and horror, Dead Mind features an international cast that includes The Raid, Redemption, and Fast and Furious Six star Joe Taslim and an army of mutant samurai warriors. I oh. mean... 
Okay. I don't know nothing about the Fast and Furious movies, but I do know that Mutant Samurai Warriors seems intriguing, but also potentially problematic. But maybe what we should do is a bonus episode or a bonus episode on one or more of the films in our horror pack. I agree, agree. Yeah. So that was actually super exciting to start out this episode with a special treat from our friends at Horror Pack. And again, thank you everyone at Horror Pack for just out of the generosity of your heart, sending both of us uh, one of the packs and um, not being weird about us living in different places and being like, no, you get one. You were like, sure, we'll send you your own and it'll be great. So, um, yeah. Thank you so much, guys. It's super mm-hmm. appreciated and it's super neat. I'm so yeah. excited. We're going to blow up all of your social needs and also um, all of the people in the pumpkin patch. Please go and support Horror Pack. Um, this is definitely a way to keep yourself uh, from, you know, getting getting that stale feeling when you've gone through all of the movies on Netflix and Hulu, et cetera, because sometimes physical media is still better and physical media should not die. I agree. I'm a hard ass fan of physical media. Amen. I mean, when we say physical media for me, the thing I'm most intrigued by lately is vinyl, but that's a whole different subject. So we're not even oh, going to go always. there. Always. Yeah. But anyway, thanks horror pack. And pumpkins, go support them and subscribe. Yay! Go Woo! give them money because it's not that expensive. Yeah. And I think they always have a coupon for like X amount off your first purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, and their website is horrorpack.com. That's literally horrorpack.com. It couldn't be easier. That's H-O-R-R-O-R-P-A-C-K.com. Horrorpack. Well, now we got the game meeting out of the way. Let's cut to the meat and the potatoes, shall we? Shall we? So um, we started out this episode with a special little treat, which was quite um, on subject because what movie are we doing today, Ashley? We are doing my personal favorite Halloween time movie ever. Mm -hmm. 2009 classic, Trick or treat yes trick or treat la 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 spooky music i mean but yeah so if you use your amazon thing to find trick or treat alexa will tell you a joke i found that out today interesting yeah um i did not do that i just took out <laughs> my dvd collection and popped the trick or treat one in Mine mine is packed away, so I couldn't really go dig for it. I mean, there's plenty of places to access media nowadays. So um, yeah. um I was able to obtain it via our uh internet cable provider. Um, because we don't actually have cable, we pay for Philo every month. Mm-hmm. And it was on there via AMC. Oh, well, um, FYI, people, if you listen to this episode and then want to watch Trick or Treat or you see what we're doing and um, want to watch it prior to this episode because hashtag we always have spoilers, um, this is not currently available 
on Shutter, Hulu, Netflix, etc. Um, but you can rent it on Amazon for like two ninety nine. So it's well worth it. I mean, it's a movie. Like I don't even think I forget how much it was to just purchase it on Amazon. But if you want a digital copy of this movie, which you probably should have, just because it's a fantastic film, uh, do it. Right? Yeah. So. I have it on Blu-ray, and the Blu-ray that I have is, like, the cover art is super cool. It's um, our little baby boy Sam without his sack on his head. Uh-oh. And it's so cute. Um, Yeah, so as I was telling Ashley, like, literally a hot second before we hit record, um, usually in my marriage, Arthur is the one that is introducing me to seminal classics that I should have seen already. And most of those are, like, gay films, um, such as, like, A League of Their Own, where Arthur almost uh, divorced me because I admitted to him that I'd never seen it. Um, And then we watched it, and I was like, okay, I get it, but it's still not my favorite movie ever. Uh, Regardless, before we get off on a tangent, um, this was a movie that Arthur had never seen, and I finally had the opportunity to introduce him to an important film in my life, which is Trick or Treat. And so we had a bro night last night, and we ordered a shit ton of sushi, and we watched this movie, and it was a great time. Um, it sounds delectable. It sounds like an excellent date night that you stay in for. Yeah, and all our bills were paid, so I was okay with, like, splurging on sushi a little bit, especially because this one sushi place we always go to, they also have bubble tea. And, oh, like, yes. like, you can't offer me bubble tea and then think I'm not going to say yes. I will always say yes. Like, there are yes. a few guarantees in this life, and one of them for Nick Polino slash Charles um, is if there's bubble tea, I will drink it. I will be you know? there. I, I will be I, there. There's a place um, by our house and they, it's like a, it's a Thai place mm-hmm. and they have bubble tea, but they also, you can get it through the drive through That is fucking dangerous. Okay. Um, but also in conjunction with that, they also make some of them uh, frozen. Mm. So it's like a bubble tea slush. That sounds wonderful. And uh, when so, I come visit you, we should do this. Yes, it's so refreshing. And the food is very good. Yeah. I mean. Some of the best pad thai I've ever had. Oh, pad thai. I haven't had pad thai in a long time, but I'm still stuck on the premise of drive through bubble tea in general because that seems like an untapped market in America. Um and if someone were to open a chain of drive through bubble tea restaurants, uh, they would very quickly probably gain back their investment and then some. Um, Easily. So perhaps everyone should forget they heard this and we should trademark that immediately. Yep. We I don't know. Anything. Yeah. I don't know what we would call it. But I'd want it to be punny if possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brainstorm. Um, but Trick or Treat, man. What yeah. a fuck movie. We're going to do something a little different this week because Trick or Treat has so many 
moving parts that we're not going to, um, how you say, go through the whole thing and like give you a step by step. Yeah. Nick Nick's gonna read the IMDb synopsis, mm-hmm. and we're just gonna kind of talk about uh, key parts that we enjoy. Fabulous. So it's um it's like vignette, but like in a way where everything ties together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So, um, a little background about Trick or Treat. Um, This is a 2007 anthology horror film. Um, The idea for it was spurred from an animated short uh, by the writer and director of Trick or Treat, Michael Doherty, that came out in 1996, and this animated short was called Seasons Greeting. Seasons Greetings. Um, and basically, it was an animated short about Sam, who we n- know from this film, um, as a little boy in his little footy pajamas and stuff, um, being stalked by a stranger on Halloween night. And this was released as a extra on the dvd um which means that it's probably on my dvd and i just never noticed it before but now i I want to watch it i know i've never noticed it i've never heard about it i'll have to check my blu-ray to see if it's actually on there because if it's not Mm -hmm. then i'm gonna have to scour the internet yeah so um a few better known people in this movie obviously number one Anna Paquin which I hear her name and I just always think to myself um there's a very easy uh transformation of her name to a good drag name which would be Anna Paquin um you know because a drag queen would be Paquin anyway um Dylan Baker who is Principal Wilkins like he's one of those guys that like his face is kind of familiar. He's been in like a bunch of like kids stuff before. Um, I don't know what else he's been in, but like he's one of those actors that has done a lot, but like maybe he never had like a, I don't know, Leonardo DiCaprio breakthrough, if you will. Um, and then of course, because my husband is like a walking encyclopedia for pop culture he saw the guy that is the recluse um slash bus driver uh brian brian cox um his character's name is mr krieg and he was like oh that's like that's an important actor this must be a good movie as he's in it and i'm like uh anna paquin hi like also another reason um but i don't know anything about mr brian cox's career but apparently he's a big wig i don't know um and then like you know a couple other people that like you've seen their face before um and then just a lot of good child actors right so um anyway trick or treat uh what was i going to say somebody just screamed outside my window i don't know if you heard or not but it threw off my groove (laughs) what were they yelling um, so our next door neighbors have four kids and three dogs That's and yeah, they, and they just got their third dog and it's like this adorable, like, um, pit bull mix that is cute. super cute, but like, 
still young enough that like its giant paws look cartoonish on its pretty large body already, but it's still like learning how to navigate itself in the world. Um, and she just like feels the wind on her face and is like Pocahontas in the wind and like wants to experience everything. So she keeps running down the stoop that we share with them. And then the family screams like, get back here. Um, So I'm imagining that's what just happened again because I heard the dad scream, get back here. (laughs) Um, It reminds me of um, Mortal Kombat. Get over here. Yep. Mm -hmm. I would like him to extend his uh, claw and retrieve his child. Except it would just be like, you know, because it's a dog, it would be like an an extendable leash that comes out of his hand and like it grabs Mm -hmm. the dog. And the dog's like, I'm sorry, I didn't know. I just like the world. Like squirrel, you know? Um, Yeah. Doug. Anyway, yeah. So, so the the one silver loop of thread tying all four of the stories in this anthology film together is Sam, the uh, titular character of this um, one movie franchise. But over the years, Trick or Treat has kind of become well known in 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 the horror. Uh, space as like you know one of those films that should be respected and Sam has kind of become the poster child of Trick or Treat and I know that they were talking about a um, uh, Trick or Treat 2 for a while but then I guess nothing has moved forward but it is popular enough that at Halloween Horror Nights and Universal there's been a trick-or-treat themed scare zone for the last couple of years. Um, and I don't, I'm just thinking like, how would you describe Sam? I was, I was talking about this with Arthur last night and I was like, Sam is basically like the spirit of Halloween. Right. Um, but he's like the grim fairy tale version of the spirit of Halloween, because if you break the rules, he done gun fuck you up. But like, otherwise he's like, your little friend, as long as you're following the rules of All Hallows Eve, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they never really, they never really. It's just kind of like Sam is there, and then like, oh, Sam's burlap sap came off, and he's a jack o' lantern person. Like, yeah. like, is he a demon? Is he not? We don't know, but like, he doesn't bleed blood. His insides are made of like pumpkin insides, and his arm falls off, but then, uh crawls back to him and um you know attaches itself again so anyway getting ahead of myself so trick or treat i have a theory mayhaps he is just the embodiment slash spirit of halloween yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and i think that he's just a cute little dude and um he's probably really comfortable and super happy because he's just like chilling and toddling around in his footy pajamas yeah hell yeah I mean, like, if if I could pull off wearing a onesie all the time, I would, too. Like, that sounds super comfortable, um, except in the summer, because that would really suck. Uh, so, Tariq or Tarit. Let's open up the IMDb page I have open on my 10,000 tabs on my computer. Um, and the other thing is, like, some descriptions say that there's five interwoven tales, and some say that there's four. And I feel like, to me, there's, like, four 
not really tales, but like specific sets of characters. Uh-huh. But but like they all interact with the other stories in some way or another. So it's like hard to split it up per se, but that you know, there's a synopsis on IMDB that we can read and hopefully it's gonna do the job. Um so trick or treat. Enough stalling. Are we ready? I was born ready. All right. So here here we go with Nick's dramatic reading of the IMDb synopsis of Trick or Treat. Um, The first sentence is, the movie includes four interwoven tales, colon. Opening. (laughs) A couple dressed as a robot and Flash Gordon. What? That's what he's dressed up as? Flash Gordon? I thought he was just a gladiator. Oh, yeah. I thought he was a gladiator, too. All right. Well, anyway, apparently he's Flash Gordon. So a couple dressed as a robot and Flash Gordon return to their home. The front lawn decorated with numerous ghost crows. And then in parentheses, scarecrow style ghosts. Sure. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and lit pumpkins. The robot, Emma, who's a bitch, um, takes a jack-o'-lantern to blow out the light. But her boyfriend, Henry, tells her that it's against tradition to undecorate before midnight. And I am sure that both of us will agree that we are on Henry's side here. Um, like if it's literally October 31st, like let it all play out, you know, like you put a shit ton of effort into your decorations, like let the, let the town enjoy them for the duration of the night. Um, but already we're getting the sense of there's like a lot of respect for the traditions of Halloween and this movie will be based around perhaps more so the folklore of the holiday than anything else. But it just, it gives you all of the cool fall, brisk wind, crunchy leaves, like burning leaves in the wind smell, um, spoopy doopy vibes, you know? So that's where we're at. And, and I will say that for me, Hocus Pocus still always does the job the best when it comes to getting me into like the feeling of fall, but this is a close second. So anyway, continuing. For me, they're interchangeable. I could go either way with it. Like I could be in the mood for something like, you know, ooky spooky and gory. And this is where, this is where I'm at. Yeah. Like I just want like a, a cute, cuddly, like family film to sit on the couch with my wife and watch. And that's where I go for Hocus Pocus. I mean, mm-hmm. she, she loves trick or treat like a lot. So mm-hmm. she was a little salty that I watched it without her because she had to do homework, but mm, sucks. Should have done your homework sooner. Mm, yeah. Sorry about <laughs> it. You're like in school and stuff like responsibilities. Oh my God. Um, it's very yeah. difficult. She's probably going to drag me for that, but that's fine. She's going to uh, drag all of us. <laughs> drag us to hell. <laughs> Which is another, well, drag, yeah, that's another movie that we should look into doing soon. But re- I agree. Yeah, that, um, regardless, regardless, um, I was gonna say, oh, I know what I was gonna say. I think, like, if they're ever gonna redo Hocus Pocus, they should just turn the volume to, like, 11 to the level of gore. And just, like, grossness and grittiness that is in Trick or Treat. 
And I feel like to me, that version of Hocus Pocus, if most of it was still the same, but like, I wish it could be just like the same movie, but with the trick or treat aspects to it, but that can't happen because there's no way to change the space time continuum, et cetera. Um, that would be like the most amazing movie. Um, anyway, digressing back to the IMDb synopsis. <laughs> um, Emma asserts that she wants all the decorations gone before her mother visits the next morning, saying that the yard looks like a crime scene and blows out the candle. Now, Emma's a bitch, like very much that's established right away. It's freaking Halloween. If your mom is coming over tomorrow and can't deal with the fact that you have decorations out, then you need to talk to your mom. You know what I mean? Like that, that's a problem. Um, you also shouldn't have decorated one, two. It's fucking late o'clock, and you're telling your husband he needs to take down like Halloween decorations. Yeah, like get, like get fucking real with your expectations, you asshole. And she's all like, "I'm lit, you're lit, the pumpkins lit." Like, yeah, we get it. Like, oh, we you're- get it. You yeah. went to the Halloween parade, like, woo, and, and you and you got drunk, you know, but lit as the children say in 2007 or whatever. Um, oh, also, uh, fun to point out here, this is set in Ohio. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. Arthur was like, I don't know if I could let you go back to Ohio because I don't want you to get, like, killed by Sam. And I was like, I don't think that's going to happen, but whatever. Um, also, I'll accept it. If that were my fate, I would accept it. I don't know if I would accept it. I feel like I would be, like as it was happening, I would be like, yeah, this seems accurate. You know what I mean? Yeah, something. Like, well, if it's my time to go and this is how I'm supposed to go, per yeah. the space-time continuum, then I guess this is my destiny. Mm-hmm. Okie dokie. So, uh, she asserts herself. She's like, my mom's coming tomorrow. Wow, wow, wow. I need to impress her. We don't have a good relationship. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Henry, a true fan of the holiday, promises to remove everything early the next morning and convinces Emma to meet him inside for some, quote, alone time. While he goes inside to, quote, put on the tape. Emma starts Ooh. to say, yeah. Um, but yeah, I like, um, bro, um, if you need the tape to get it up, that's another issue that you should talk to your doctor about, right? Um your wife needs a tape to have sex with you, then you should see a counselor. Like, yeah, like it could, it could, it could go either way. Does she need it or does he need it? Cause like, and then if he needs it, then that means you can't get it up to just thinking about doing it with your wife. And then that means you're not attracted to her. And then you have to have a really real life conversation about your relationship. But I could understand that because your wife's a bitch. Um, and I'm just going to, like, tell Henry right now, don't think about having a child to save the relationship because that's not going to help. Um, you can't do that. No. It doesn't, work, doesn't work like that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, Henry goes inside. He puts on the tape. It's some, like, weird porno where the girl's bouncing on some dude and her boobs are bouncing up and down and whatever. Um, and... Emma's outside. Emma starts to take down some of the decorations, uttering uh-huh. the uttering the unforgivable, I hate Halloween. Um, and that is unforgivable. So as she removes the sheets off one of the ghost cra- cra- one of the ghost crows, mm-hmm, it lunges at her, covering her in the white cloth. In the ensuing struggle, 
Emma tumbles onto the sidewalk where passing trick-or-treaters stop to investigate. Under the sheets, a figure takes a bitten pumpkin-shaped sucker and slits Emma's throat because she deserves it. That was, I interjected there. That wasn't in here. Um, (laughs) I was writing IMDb. I'm not shocked. Um, Her blood stains through the sheets and the children run away. The hidden assailant drags Emma's body back to the yard as Henry lies upstairs, passed out, and with the TV on high volume. Sometime later, he notices Emma has not come up and goes down to the yard, where he notices that one of the ghost crows now has lights attached to it. He removes the sheet and screams as the sight of Emma's disembodied head on a stake, the pumpkin sucker lodged in her mouth, is before him. Um... And that is one of my favorite visuals from this film is like her stretched out mouth with the lollipop sticking out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, that's the opening. And then uh, there's all, there's that like comic book esque sequence of like all the things. And now we are back to the movie. Um, moving along. Meanwhile, the Halloween festivities and parties continue throughout the town, and a parade marches down the main street while the silhouette of a short figure walks through the crowd, dragging a burlap bag with a dark stain at the bottom. It's me. <laughs> is that supposed to be Sam, though? Yes. Um, what is he carrying in the sack? Probably heads. I mean, it just doesn't seem like the, the right shape was there. You know, it's like very, like... Maybe he just maybe he's just like I'm over this. I don't care if my candy gets dirty. I'm just gonna drag it. Who knows? Oh, could be, could be. Um. All right. So here is where we get into the four interwoven tales. So, tale number one, according to IMDb, is called the principal. Okay. Um. Now, just to point something out here. Um. In the IMDb synopsis, the child, Charlie, who um, is involved in this tale, is yes. described, he's described as portly in, in the IMDb description. But on Wikipedia, Charlie is described as obese. Um, both are accurate descriptors of him. But I do love how IMDb is trying to be a little bit more pc about things and wikipedia is like i don't give a fuck this this child is obese um <laughs> that I, it just i guess it tickles me a certain way anyway the principal a portly boy walks through the neighborhood knocking over jack-o'-lanterns he stops at one house and walks up to the porch where it appears no one is home a full bucket of candy is set out with a sign saying please take one the boy begins to put the entire contents of the bucket in his bag when someone startles him from behind. The boy recognizes the man as Principal Stephen Wilkins, who addresses the boy as Charlie. Wilkins sits down on the porch, inviting Charlie to sit and talk with him as he offers him a chocolate bar. Wilkins explains rules of etiquette and how to properly respect Halloween. I mean, yeah, like, ultimately... Number one, if you're the house that does the please take one thing outside, you're lazy. Yeah. Um, like, honestly, if you're not home, don't even do that. Just don't 
just you're, you're not home so like don't the even worst, leave anything out the worst is when you are home and you just don't want to participate but you want to look like a good person yeah because guess what there's always going to be the asshole kid that is like the oh take one bullshit thing mm-hmm. um and like lord knows in my youth i was certainly um uh, uh oh my god i've lost the use of the english language as usual um okay uh intrigued is not the right word um whatever i was the kid that thought about taking more than one piece of candy but then the fear that was um you know driven into me by my mother uh kept me from doing that because in my mind some unknown force or police officer was gonna like arrest me for taking two pieces of candy instead of one um but i guess ultimately that saved my ass because then i was following the rules of halloween um but this is clearly like a more modern rule of halloween because like back in the oldie timey days of just all hollows eve like i don't think anyone had a please take one sign outside of their house with a bucket of candy anyway um when charlie begins oh wait mm -mm. back up back up a sentence Wilkins sits down on his porch, inviting Charlie to sit and talk with him as he offers him a chocolate bar. Mm-hmm. It was a full-size chocolate bar, by the way. Um, Ooh, that's how you know they're rich. Oh, yeah. Um, or Wilkins is a crazy person, which, uh, foreshadowing. Um, Wilkins explains rules of etiquette and how to properly respect Halloween. Okay. When Charlie begins to cough, Wilkins explains the most important rule of Halloween – Always check your candy. Again, a more modern rule of Halloween because I don't think anybody in the oldie timey days were like, I better check my uh, apple from the tree that I just picked myself, you know, um, or whatever they uh, concoctions they made. I don't know. They didn't have the Hershey company. So that clearly wasn't a chocolate bar. Um, any hobe. Um, Charlie violently vomits blood and chocolate and passes out. Yeah, this kid does not just, like, vomit violently chocolate and blood. He, like, projectile vomits all over this guy's stoop like a human fire hose. Like, <laughs> a, yeah, lot, a lot comes out of him. Projectile. It's a lot. Um, it's a lot. It is. So, okay. Um... He passes out. Wilkins drags Charlie into the house, the blood and chocolate mixture oozing onto his shirt. Ooh, such descriptive language. Um, Just as his doorbell rings, struggling with the body, he answers and sees three teenagers who ask if they can take his jack-o'-lantern. He agrees and gives them all some candy. Uh Uh-oh, three teenagers? We may be seeing them again later. Um, Rut-row. Rut-row. Also, the little angel girl. Not such an angel. (laughs) Um, anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't like her. We'll get to her, obviously, but I don't like yeah. her. Um, okay. It gives them all some candy, including a small boy wearing orange. Oh, like, like Sam? Hmm. Interesting. Um, uh, he is wearing footed pajamas and a burlap hood with buttons for eyes and stitching for a mouth. Known here after as Sam. Do they ever say his name? I totally said something about it, but I don't know. 
I don't think so, but we all know that he's Sam, so it doesn't matter. Okay. Right. Wilkins then dumps Charlie's body in a large hole dug in his backyard, which means <laughs> that, you know, yeah, obviously this was premeditated. Um, I don't know what Wilkins has against children. I don't know. Like, nothing is ever fully explained, which is what makes it kind of creepy. But again, I'm interjecting too much. Um in a hole in the backyard where another child's body already lies. I, is that so? Is that so? I don't know if that's so. If it is, it's something that we were never told, and it was just kind of like, well, here yeah, it is. I, I, don't, I don't think that. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um, oh, I've lost my place. I, I was scared this was going to happen. <laughs> So this reminds me of that one scene in Step Brothers where um, <laughs> Brennan throws Dale's body into the hole and he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm burying you, just like Colt Case Files. Uh, um, um, I don't know. I was going to say something that I thought was witty, but now it's gone. It's okay. All right. Well. Yeah, no, this is this could be a cold case files, you know, episode though. Um uh also like after all of this is done and like we're at the end of the movie, I feel so bad for Mr. Wilkins' son. Yeah. Because such psychological trauma, but also now he's abandoned, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Anyway, I found my spot. Oh, as he tries to bury the body. His small son, Billy, appears in the upstairs window and shouts down to him repeatedly, asking for him to help him with the jack-o'-lantern. And if they'd had hand out and if they could hand out candy. Wow. Okay, that was um either there was a typo there or my eyes did not process correctly, but it's probably the latter. Anyway, um, yeah. Dad! Help me with the eyes. <laughs> Literally. Help me with the eyes. He's like, I'll be right up, Billy. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Yeah, okay. hearing in something. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wilkins, frustrated, tells him each time to be quiet and wait for him inside. Meanwhile, the neighbor's dog approaches the fence and starts barking as the first child in the grave begins to moan, reaching out from under dirty sheets with a clown costumed arm this all seems like i missed it i did not see any of this i thought it was all charlie okay anyway wilkins stabs the boy's arm with his shovel and severs one of his fingers yeah i mean that was gross all that shit was gross i felt bad i thought it was just charlie though so poor charlie plus one you know um Okay. Uh, So then he feeds the dog the finger, which is really gross. However, the dog's surly owner, Mr. Krieg, comes into the yard and peeks through a hole in the fence to speak to Wilkins, still struggling with the clown child. (laughs) Wilkins passes off the the clown clown child. Welcome to the ring, clown child. Gross. Um, yeah, that'd be a weird. That would be a weird wrestling persona. Um, and 
Mr. Wilkins is like, everything's okay. I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but basically Mr. Krieg is like, um, smells like, um, like a, like a dirty whore or something is what he says. Yeah. Um, and he says that it's an issue with the septic tank and Mr. Craig goes back into his house shouting back to Wilkins to get his kid out of his yard but his kid is not in Mr. Craig's yard so he's just being a curmudgeon um, Mr. Wilkins finishes the clown child off with a blow from his shovel and completes burying the bodies as he walks back into his house, he notices a frantic Krieg motioning to him from his window across the way. Bitter Wilkins ignores him and goes into the house as Krieg is tackled by something. Ooh, more foreshadowing. But also, this does not have the fact in here that before Mr. Krieg goes inside, uh, Mr. Wilkins says to him, Happy Halloween, and Mr. Krieg is like, Oh, go fuck yourself. Um that's that's important because um that's why he doesn't like him even more um all right better wilkins ignores his neighbor and goes into the house in the kitchen billy jumps out from behind a counter scaring wilkins and asking for help on his jack-o-lantern again happy with the eyes um seemingly annoyed i don't seemingly is not the right word. He's clearly annoyed. Um, Wilkins takes a butcher knife from the knife block and follows Billy to the basement. Billy runs ahead to a table covered in carving materials and Wilkins approaches from behind. Billy says, let's make a scary face this time as Wilkins puts his hand on Billy's head and brings the knife down, blood glistening on the blade as he draws it back. Yeah, the first time I saw this movie, I really thought Billy was dead. Um... <laughs> like like in a haunt where she is just a ghost the whole time? Oh no, like 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 Mr. Wilkins had just killed his son. Oh, okay. But but that is not true because Billy smiles and says, "Don't forget to help me with the eyes." As they look together at the severed head of Charlie on a wooden turntable. Now apparently that is the end of tale number 1. Um I guess um, it is because that's like the end of the interactions between the first set of characters, which is Charlie, Mr. Wilkins and his son. Um, however, that is not the last time we see Mr. Wilkins. Um, any thoughts on tale number one? Um, I think it's, mo I think I would consider that tale number two, but it's, it's not my favorite of all of them. But yeah. I do like how uh, Wilkins is just so blasé about the whole situation. Yeah, he's clearly a psychopath. Yeah, um, clearly. All right. So, tale number two, which they are calling the surprise party. Um, I don't know if I like that title. Um, I think I would call it, like, the party in the woods or something like that. Um, so right, it's much like a coven of witches in the woods. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's certainly a party with surprises for some people. Um, <laughs> not but, for me. <laughs> yeah, but but it, it is not a surprise party per se. So, no, definitely not. Mm-hmm. Lori, 
Anna Paquin is a 22-year-old, quote, virgin who is shy and self-conscious. Her older sister, Danielle, tries to boost her confidence by taking her to a Halloween party with two of their friends. The girls all dress in fairy tale costumes while Lori is stuck as Little Red Riding Hood, although that's also a fairy tale costume, whatever. Um, a choice she despises, though her sister tells her it's tradition. They walk through town on the way to the party, picking up dates, but Lori is discouraged. She opts to meet the girls at the party later. Um, what they don't talk about there is while they're changing into the costumes at the costume shop um, in downtown where the Halloween parade is happening, Lori's sister picks up the guy at the register as her date to go to the party. I mean, yeah, Lori's sister, never mind. Um, How random. And also, like, uh, later on, it's very specific uh, choices that Lori is dressed up as Little Red Riding Hood. So, anyway, meanwhile, a young woman makes out with a masked man in an alley. He affectionately kisses her neck, but when she looks down, she sees blood running down her body. Um... I mean, he wasn't just affectionately kissing her neck. He was also, like, going under the skirt, kissing the legs, doing all the things. Um, but, yeah, so she's like, oh, my God, you bit me on multiple places in my body. I'm bleeding everywhere. And then this is when Arthur went, oh, my God, there's a vampire. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so the man smiles, revealing blood on his fangs. The woman screams and makes her way to the street where the people are gathered for the parade. Emma and Henry walk by in costume. That's robot bitch and apparently Flash Gordon. Um, and this is where we start to see all the tales are interwoven because they're all happening in this small Ohio town. Okay. Um, they ignore her mainly because Emma's a fucking bitch. Um, the woman turns around to see the vampire standing behind her and screams as he swings his cloak around her. And then there's, yeah, fade to black. Um, and then she's clearly dead. And he leaves her dead body on the sidewalk, leaning against a building as if she's merely passed out. And like, okay, vampire dude, spoiler alert, is Mr. Wilkins. And, like, I feel like he's probably got, like, a raging heart on because he has the perfect environment here to kill people but make it seem like theater because um, it's Halloween, everybody's wearing costumes, and, like, they make it a point in the movie, the girl runs out of the alleyway and she looks to her left and there's a whole bunch of people that just have, like, fake gashes and cuts on them. So it looks like she's in costume as well. Little do they know it's actually her real blood. Um, blood. Blood. Okay. So, moving on. At the bonfire party in the woods, Danielle stands alone worrying about her sister, Lori. Anna Paquin. The others assure her that Lori's fine, but Danielle wonders, saying that their mother 
always said Lori was the runt of the litter. Interesting choice. Yeah, but also interesting choice of words. Um, As Lori walks down a dimly lit path in the woods, she senses someone is following her and shouts out that she is not in the mood and they'd better come out. And literally she's like, I am not in the mood. You better come out. Um, When no one responds, she turns and comes face to face with the vampire. He grabs her by the neck and holds her against a tree saying, my, my, what big eyes you have before biting her neck. At the party, the girls are startled when a cloaked body falls out of a tree near the fire. Danielle nervously approaches the body and removes the cloak to see the vampire, bleeding and begging for help. His mask is removed. Oh my gosh, and it's Principal Wilkins. And he blinks in the firelight whimpering, help me. Uh Uh-huh, we've already established this. Um, Somebody didn't proofread this. That was was, uh, uh, redundant. Anyway, Lori appears and... What? Lori appears. Lori. IMDb. What? Lori appears and assures everyone she's okay, despite the blood oozing from her neck. I mean, yeah. She approaches Wilkins and straddles him, telling him to bear with her since it's her first time. See, they jumped a few important details in my mind because her sister's like, "Oh my God, are you okay?" And she's like, "Yeah." Um, you told me to be myself, and he bit me. Um, and then she's like, don't worry about it. I'm fine. And then before she straddles him, all the girls start doing, like, their writhing around the fire dance. Um, and this is when you might be like, oh, coven of witches? But nay, nay, nay. Moving along. Um uh she straddles mr wilkins as she says to bear with her since it's her first time the other girls start to dance as wilkins looks around in shock to see that all of their dates are dead Mm, truth laura removes her fake fangs oh laurie removes his fake fangs false laurie does not do that one of their friends does and she's like bless your heart you're cute um so that's not real um And all the girls are dancing and writhing. Their eyes are getting bigger. Um, Their faces seem to be getting stretched out. This is me now just describing it because the description in here is not great. Um, And then there's that really cool shot of the one girl taking her super long sharp nail and running it down the other girl's back to like burst open and reveal like all like... um, uh, goopy um, fur and you're like wait what's happening now they're not witches oh my god it's because day is werewolves um, the girls start ripping off their flesh da 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 and Wilkins is shocked by the sight I mean yeah uh, that's that's valid yeah um Blah, 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 blah. They all start to reveal coarse fur and lupine fangs. Uh, Lori begins to change herself and leans down to Wilkins to whisper, my, my, what big eyes you have. Yeah, 
that bitch got her revenge real quick. Like, don't fuck with her. Um, before lunging into Wilkins' neck, the other werewolves finished the remains of their dates. Howling at the moon. Um, as Sam looks on from a nearby log. Yeah, he's just, like, casually sitting there, like, Get, go on with your bad self, girls. I'll just, I'm just chilling. Don't worry. Um, so, pause here. That is the end of story number two. Yes. Um, which, which I would like to call the party in the woods or whatever, instead of the <laughs> surprise party. Um, so this movie came out in like 2007, 2009, like around that time. I feel like the effects in this werewolf party part um, are super freaking cool. Yes. Um, I also think that, you know, like how, so Lori is like grinding up on Mr. Wilkins. She's not like fully formed herself yet, but her sister is. And her sister werewolf creature comes over and like is like sniffing Mr. Wilkins and stuff. I'm pretty sure that that is a physical monster. Like that is a physical effect for this movie. I think so too. And I was like, not only am I in love with that, that werewolf looked freaking cool. Um, so like already trick or treat is just doing it right. Um, they're weaving all these tales together. Sam is cute, but creepy production value is on point. Was this ever in theaters? I don't think it was. Was it like straight to DVD? I believe so. I don't remember ever seeing advertisements for it at all. And to be honest, I don't remember how I was even able to find it when I saw it the first time. Yeah. So the other thing about this, like it speaks volumes for how great this movie is that like it has this, I don't want to say cult following, but very, very large following now. And it was never in motherfucking theaters. Right. Like there's merch now. Yeah. Sam is everywhere. Um, Based on my uh, Instagram feed, I haven't been to a Halloween Express this year or anything like that. Um, But it seems like they're selling, like, Sam mannequins for your lawn. They're selling the, like, iconic jack-o'-lantern popsicle. uh, Not popsicle. uh, Lollipop thing. Um, There's, like, Sam costumes. All the things. Um, So I am glad it's getting the recognition it deserves and it fit perfectly into our Halloween season. I agree. This was like one of my favorite picks for this. Yeah. Like when we were talking about Halloween, we were like, trick or treat is going to happen. And now it is. Now we're doing it right now, live in front of you. Okay. So moving on to number Three. three. Three slash four. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I think is probably my favorite because there's the most satisfaction of this being wrapped up pretty quick. And also like, yes, bitch, you got what's yours. Um, The Halloween school bus massacre. Um, So four costume teenagers scour the neighborhood for jack-o'-lanterns and stop at the house of a peer named Rhonda dressed as a witch whose yard is decorated with dozens of jack-o'-lanterns despite the fact that she's considered a idiot savant um so they go to see Rhonda. Rhonda has all these beautiful gorgeous jack-o'-lanterns in her front yard um macy is the head of this little teenager gang who like 
clearly she's the she's she's the um Regina George who has no self-esteem and needs little minions to worship her um so she's dressed as an angel Schrader um I guess is the guy he asks politely for one of her pumpkins and invites her to come with them complimenting her on her costume um and he also says like did you make all of these and she's like yeah i did um macy leads them onward while Rhonda talks briefly with chip the little guy dressed as like a pirate um about the origins of halloween mm-hmm. she do she know her shit so they arrive at an abandoned rock quarry and sarah just as the alien with the headgear um Asks why. Yeah, yeah, he's a looker. She is a looker. Um, she asks why they are there and what the purpose of the jack-o'-lanterns are. Now, here's the thing. This was clearly premeditated, so, like, they rehearsed this. Um, so, like, fuck all y'all. That's number one. Um, Fucking mean. Yeah. Number two, you all seem to have a hesitation of going along with Macy's little plan. So you should have gone with your gut instinct and like noped out of there. Um, But you didn't. So fuck y'all. Anyway, Macy explains that the quarry is the site of a fatal bus crash 30 years prior um, that has become the stuff of legend. And now here's the story. The bus was carrying eight Mentally disturbed children clad in freakish Halloween costumes and so troubled that they had to be chained to their seats. Now, they never established this, but it must have actually been on Halloween um, that they're in costume and shit. But also, they could have been a little bit more delicate with the language here. Um, But it was 2007 and not now, so... Slight forgivenesses, but not too much. Um, not on my part, at least. Mm-hmm. On that fateful day, the driver deviated from his normal route while taking the kids home. Their parents, no longer able to stand the strain and humiliation of caring for them, paid the driver to put them out of their misery by driving the bus into the lake at the bottom of the rock quarry, intending to make it look like a horrible accident. Now, pause, because... That is so insanely fucked up. Yeah, that, that, eight, that eight sets of parents band together to decide their kids weren't worth it anymore, so they're just going to kill them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's such burdens on their lives. Um, maybe just because of my profession, I I can't even fathom these this type of person being in existence. Like... There are so many other, like, this is not the first option to go to, right? So not to completely go off on, like, a morality tangent here, but if your child does have some type of mental disability um, and they are violent or, you know, cognitively um, behind in some type of way and you know in your heart of hearts that you really can't handle being the primary caregiver for this person fucking put them in a program or something get them into a specialized hospital or living situation don't fucking be like oh 
solution number one, let's kill them. That's not how the world works. Um, and yes, it's a Halloween movie. And yes, things are supposed to be fucked up. And yes, this is like a, you know, a tale and a legend or whatever, but I can't. Um, anyway, that is Nick's Morality Corner. Moving on. Um, oh, I lost my place again. Rock Quarry. Da, 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 da. Horrible accident. Scooby-Doo. Okay. <laughs> Could we do accident? Yep. Yeah. I mean, rut row. <laughs> uh, <laughs> however, while double checking the restraints on the kids, one of them, a masked vampire, is able to free himself and hijack the bus. Now, yeah, he was able to free himself, but he was flipping out so much because he's clearly the kid that likes um, to, you know, like have the same pattern, the same. Uh, agenda every day like he 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 really lives for that um like he did not just get himself free he basically ripped his hands out of those restraints because he was bleeding um so here's another thing if someone is like that beyond anxious about just like life in general yeah he shouldn't be going to general school he should be going to a specialized school for someone that um, is in that state where there are people trained to handle him properly and have him in an envi- environment where like he can actually thrive instead of like being fucking chained in a fucking bus. Um, but I guess also in retrospect, like what year was this? And if it was 30 years ago, then it's the seventies. <laughs> I still don't know if I can, I can forgive this in the seventies. If it was the fifties or sixties, Maybe. But like, no. Okay. Anyway, but getting... even in the seventies, there were like resources available, so I don't yeah. buy it. Yeah, like there were very much resources available at that point. Um. So fuck y'all. Um. So yeah, vampire boy gets out of his restraints and he hijacks the bus. Um, repeating that he wants to go home, and you know, valid, <laughs> valid that he wants to go home. Um, confused as he is. The boy accidentally puts the bus in gear and drives it over the edge of the cliffside into the lake before the driver can stop him. Don't know how because that's a clutch, but okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. but whatever. Um, yeah, and that boy got to the wheel and he took to that wheel, you know, like a fish to water. He was like, I'm going to yoink this thing back. I'm going to put it in, you know, I'm going you know, I'm to I'm put the, the pedal down. I'm going to do the er 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 and now i'm in drive um, yeah that's what it's like learning to drive stick basically um i've never actually been in a car that has stick before but um it's not fun i i don't think i would enjoy it um it sounds too complicated for me i like my automatic car anyway macy fucking bitch says that the driver survived but was never heard from again and the bus was never recovered possibly because the rest of the town just didn't want to bother um yeah it's pretty fucked up anyway macy continues on saying that the eight jack-o'-lanterns collected represent the eight souls of the lost children that were lost that day and are meant to be left at the lakeside as an offering They walk to a rickety elevator, and Macy, Sarah, and Schrader get in with their pumpkins to go down to the lake. Since the elevator will only hold three at a time, I call bullshit on that. They just didn't want anybody else in there because it was going against the plan. Whatever. Um, 
Chip and Rhonda wait for it to come back up for them. On their way down, they hear the panicked cries and screams of the other three and watch as the lights of their jack-o'-lanterns go out in the mist. Rhonda tells Chip to stay in the elevator while the remaining pumpkins... What? They, oh, they jumped ahead. Um, so wait, let me fill in these gaps. The elevator only fill, holds three, so Chip and Rhonda wait. The three go down. You see their jack-o'-lanterns. They kind of spread out in the mist and then one by one they go out um there's no screaming yet though because then Rhonda and chip get in the elevator with the remaining jack-o'-lanterns and start their way down as they're on their way down then people start screaming um and then Rhonda's like chip stay here with the jack-o'-lanterns the lights of the jack-o'-lanterns will protect you now Getting back to IMDb. Um, Rhonda tells Chip to stay in the elevator. That they will protect him. As she goes to investigate. Walking through the mist. She eventually comes to the wreckage of the half-submerged school bus. And sees the masks of the others floating in the water. She is suddenly attacked by two water-drenched figures covered in chains. And runs to see a third disemboweling Chip. As they chase her, Rhonda drops and steps on her glasses before tripping and hitting her head on a rock, blacking out. Yeah, and this is where a fucked up prank goes fucking wrong. And um, I never understood how these elaborate pranks could be the setup for a horror movie in general because this has been used before as a storytelling device. I just can't fathom a teenager being so horrible to another teenager that they took so much time out of their life to set up an elaborate prank for almost no payoff. And all you're doing is isolating one person so harshly that you are creating years and years of psychological damage. Um, basically because you yourself, the prank planner, are more fucked up than the person that you're bullying to begin with. So right. Exponentially. Mm -hmm. So fuck you, Macy. Um, yeah, just fuck you. I don't like you. Um, anyway. Getting back to IMDb. So she has, she has blacked out. Um, da -da 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 -da, fear of one of them. Scooby-Doo. She blacked out. Okay. When she comes to, she sees the figure standing over her and screams in fear. But one of them, actually Schrader, in disguise, explains that it was just a cruel prank played by all of them and tries to apologize. And yeah, there's no fucking apologizing for this, Schrader. Go collect your balls from Macy, you stupid asshole. Um, right? Like, you're not old enough to, you know, let her get your balls in a twist. So yeah, I don't understand. Exactly. And Schrader is essentially being the embodiment of a fuckboy without the actual fucking. Because I don't think he's actually has the ability to ejaculate yet at his age. But Probably like, not. He's like, yo, girl, 
I'm sorry, but I did it, but I'm sorry. So, like, I'm sorry. So you should, like, be my friend like me, even though I'm horrible to you, but you should like me. No. Go fuck yourself. Rhonda's a boss-ass bitch, and you don't even know it yet, but go fuck yourself. Okay, so Macy, unsurprisingly, is unremorseful and kicks a still-lit jack-o'-lantern into the lake as she whispers and... uh, Nope. Nope, nope, nope. I read that wrong. Macy, unsurprisingly, is unremorseful. Yeah, because you're a fucking bitch with no self-esteem, you stupid cunt. Um, and she kicks a still a jack-o'-lantern into the lake. Um, whispers and giggles suddenly echo out of the mist. Schrader leads Rhonda to the elevator and, when he hears the others screaming, tells her to stay put while he goes to see what's wrong. Though he suspects another ruse. But when she's he... all but a ruse. She's all but a ruse. And I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you meddling kids. This whole fucking movie is Scooby-Doo. I feel like this one specifically is very Scooby-Doo. I agree. Um, so Schrader fuckboy is like, let me go look. But when he meets up with the others, they all are like, you don't hear that? I'm not fucking nuts. You're fucking nuts. And then they see the figures of eight dead children rise out of the lake, still tied into their chains. They run for the elevator, though Sarah um, is caught by a strand of chain and dragged away. The other three make it to the elevator to see Rhonda locked inside um, with the rest of the jack-o'-lanterns, looking sullen but calm. Yeah, I mean, rightfully so. And I will say, this is a very fantastic spooky bitch moment where she's like, I'm just going to sit here cradling my jack-o'-lantern and look into the light. Um, Me too. I love her. I love Rhonda. Rhonda did not deserve anything that she got from these children. Um, and then my favorite part happens. They beg her to open the door But Rhonda, seemingly in a daze, presses the button to go up instead of unlocking the door. She wasn't in a daze. She didn't care. Oh, yeah, no. She was having her revenge moment. Like, um, uh, like, um, the real Taylor isn't here right now. Bye. Um, yeah, no, she knew what she was doing, and she knew that morally those kids are motherfucking assholes and deserve what they're getting. Um, so she hits the button, the door starts, um, no, the, she hits the button instead of opening the door, she starts to go up, and then, like a fucking spooky-ass bitch, she waves goodbye to them. Um, Good which, for her. That is a power move if I've ever seen one. Um as she continues up on the elevator, she leaves the children's fate um, to the ghost children that surround them. Rhonda exits the elevator and leaves the quarry, towing her pumpkins in her red wagon. She briefly looks at and passes Sam, sitting inside a cement pipe, as Macy, Schrader, and Chip scream as they are ripped apart. Yeah, fuck you all. Do something better with your Halloween night. Like, I don't know, eat fucking candy. All right? It's like one of the only nights of the year that you have an excuse to, like, 
gorge yourself on concoctions of American conglomerates. So do that instead and watch a horror movie like Jesus Christ. Right. Why you got to make somebody else's life miserable? Mm hmm. All right. So that's the end of tale number three. And now we're moving on to tale number four, which is our last tale of trick or treat terror. Ooh. Um, Ooh. All right. This one they have entitled Meet Sam. Um, sure, I am. I think maybe like, I feel like this last one should actually be called trick or treat. Um, I think so too. Anyway. Maybe you'll maybe you will agree with us after you hear this last spooky tale. So three trick-or-treaters walk up to the porch of a dark old house with no Halloween decorations and nervously knock on the door. It opens to pitch darkness and then nervously and they nervously hold out their bags, saying trick-or-treat. Two glowing eyes appear and growling is heard. The children run away as the monster chases them across the yard and Mr. Krieg appears in the doorway. He calls out to his dog, Spite, and picks him up to remove the monster costume and glowing headpiece. He collects the children's dropped candy bags and retreats inside where he proceeds to burn old pictures in his fireplace before sitting in his chair to watch TV. Um, I feel like I had a thought while I was reading that out loud. I don't remember it now. What was my thought? I don't know. Um, I don't either. Anyway. Oh, I know. Um, I have seen this movie like at least 20 times. Yes. Arthur's first time seeing this was last night when we watched it. Like literally a minute into this part of the movie, he goes, oh, I call it. He's the bus driver as an old guy because nobody ever heard from him again. So he's been the curmudgeon. Um, agoraphobic in his house this whole time because he's scarred by the experience. And I was like, what? Boo, you're right. And I never even realized it before. Um, And then watching the rest of the movie, I was like, wow, there's a lot of context clues. I don't understand how I didn't realize, but I didn't. Mm. Uh, (laughs) I mean, that's fair. It's because you get sucked into all the other aspects of the story. And, like, so so here's the thing. Obviously, there's the pictures that he's burning in the fireplace, which, admittedly, I should have picked up on this one, but I didn't. Because, like, it's literally a picture of the eight kids in their Halloween costumes with him posing with them, but, like, not really wanting to be in this picture. And then at the end, the kids come and visit him to get their revenge And, like, I think in my mind, I just always thought, well, like, oh, they got awoken by Macy and her gang of bitch twats. And um, they just were wandering around to find someone to fuck with. But no, they specifically came to find this man because they wanted the revenge that they deserve because he basically set them to die. Anyway, back to this tale. Let's Um, half that tale so we can just talk about Sam. Yeah, so so basically, um, he's sitting in his chair watching TV. He takes a bite out of a candy bar. Uh, he's disgusted with it, um, so he swaps it out for a bottle of liquor. Since there is nothing on TV that doesn't have anything to do with Halloween, um, yes, so I, not Halloween, but Halloween, um, 
He turns it off and hears Spite barking outside before seeing an egg hit his window. He runs to the front door and opens it to see that his entire yard is decorated with dozens of jack-o'-lanterns. So who did that? Was it Sam? Probably. Could be, or it could have been um, Rhonda. It, it could have been. Um, I feel like she's, Rhonda... She's the keeper of the pumpkins. Yeah. Rhonda definitely has some type of magical witch powers, but mm-hmm. I'm going to... I'm going to say it was Sam. I'm going to say that it was Sam borrowing some of Rhonda's beautiful, gorgeous jack-o'-lanterns to light up Mr. Krieg's yard. Um, so Spite is still barking in the backyard. He goes to investigate. And this is when we see the other side of the interaction before with Mr. Wilkins, where we now see Spite chewing on that child's finger. finger. Um and then we see the situation from Mr. Krieg's side of him being like, keep your kid out of my yard. It smells like a dirty whore out here. Fuck you. Blah, blah, blah. Um, so. Um, la, la, la. After finishing. After. Okay, here we go. After finishing the finger that Wilkins threw over to him, Spite runs back inside and begins to bark upstairs. Krieg follows him up and walks cautiously into his bedroom. Now, this is leaving out the fact that there's the not-so-subtle thing in the background of the doggy door swinging back and forth, but it clearly wasn't Spite because he's inside. Um, Because it was a small creature crawling through the door. Um, So... He goes into his bedroom where he notices something moving under the covers. Pulls back the blanket to see a mechanized hand. Hello? Hello? That was weird. Oh, I just... I, got, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. All right. So let me... Let me... Okay. Um, <clears throat> okay. So Mr. Wilkins goes upstairs. He pulls back the covers to see a mechanized hand. Um, I lost my place again. Okay. He pulls back the covers to see a mechanized hand before a pumpkin set on a table in the corner suddenly starts spewing flames, bathing the room in orange light and revealing words scribbled all over the walls and ceiling. Trick or treat. Give me something good to eat. And then there's also that really like spooky, like nursery rhyme version of trick or treat. Smell my fake. Give me something good to eat. That starts playing in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Krieg screams as something stabs him from under the bed. He falls to the ground and looks up to see Sam appear from the other side of the bed. Cute boy. Yep. Sam shows him a candy bar and peels back the wrapping to reveal a razor blade inside before attacking. Always check your candy. Yeah. Um, Or if you're like the spirit of Halloween, it's pretty baller to have your weapon be a candy bar with a razor blade shoved in it. Just saying. Yep. Um, 
so Krieg screams and manages to escape the room. Um, he goes down the hallway, but trips on the landing down the stairs and he falls to the bottom. And this is because the staircase is covered in small pieces of candy, like grandma candy, um, and razor blades and also broken glass. Um, so that's really gross and horrible because he like gets up to look at his hands and there's like all pieces of glass all in his fingers and stuff. Uh. And awful it's like an owie um so he's like ow everything hurts owie owie um oh my god i lost my place again he's covered in blood and cuts da, 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 da. okay so struggling to get up as sam attacks again krieg makes it to the far window where he calls out to wilkins just before being tackled and this is what we see from mr wilkins perspective in the first tale so now everything is Tying together very beautifully and nicely. Okay. Um, he tries to fight off Sam and manages to rip off his burlap mask. Instead of finding a human child's face underneath, Sam's face is a horribly deformed pumpkin with beady eyes and sharp teeth. I don't know if I would describe him as horribly deformed. I mean, he's a pumpkin creature. And... um to be honest with you, before I knew what Pumpkinhead looked like, um, this is what I would have pictured Pumpkinhead looking like. Uh, you know, he actually has a pumpkin as, as his head. head. Yeah. yeah. Um, Anywho, so um, Sam's face is a horribly deformed pumpkin. BDI. Krieg gains the upper hand and gets hold of his shotgun, shooting Sam across the room where he slumps against the front door. Oh, poor little boy. Um, Craig then shoots him again at close range, severing Sam's hand and shooting him in the fucking head before dialing 911. I had to add the and shooting him in the fucking head because they don't have it in here. Yeah, no, that's a typo. But that is definitely pertinent information. Um, However, the line goes dead as Krieg um, dials the number and he is stabbed again in the leg by Sam's severed hand. Oh my God, the hand is sentient. Um, uh, Scooby-Doo. Sam removes the pumpkin suck. Uh, no, no, no. Um, the hand crawls back to Sam and reattaches itself to the stump by like emitting some like pumpkin goop um and then sam gets up and puts his mask back on as krieg backs up against the wall knocking a table and its contents to the floor sam removes a pumpkin sucker from his pocket and takes a large bite out of it showing the sharp edged bite marks to krieg he approaches him arm raised to stab him and to bring the sucker down on krieg's chest he approaches Krieg screams, but instead of stabbing him, Sam lodges the sucker in the discarded candy bar that Krieg had opened earlier, which has, um, you know, uh, uh, conveniently landed right on the spot of Krieg's chest where Sam was trying to stab him. Um, Sam proceeds to chew on the candy bar and leaves the room, appearing satisfied. Yeah, he's basically just like, that's oh. it. I'm done. Are you, uh, oh, you got candy? 
cool. Peace bounce. That's all I wanted. Thank you for your service. Um, Thank you for Andy. Now, here is my question before we wrap this up real quick. I feel, I feel like because because Creed got this candy from children who had already been at Mr. Wilkins' house, the candy's probably poisoned. So I feel like when Krieg was like, ew, this tastes bad, it's because there was chemicals laced into the candy. So, so then why does Sam eat it but not get grossed out by it and or vomit blood like Charlie did? Is it because he's a Halloween demon? Oh, could be. It could be because he's not actually a person. Yeah. So that was my one concern. And I'm mostly concerned because I don't want anything bad to happen to Sam because he's a cute little baby child angel of Halloween. Yes. Um, okay. So Sam's all like, thanks for your candy, bro. Peace bounce. So- sorry for the trouble. Um, I hope. <laughs> sorry I hope- if it bothered you. Yeah. I hope everything's copacetic here. Um, and he looks back at Krieg who watches in puzzlement before leaving the house. The door slams shut of its own accord. When then we see one of the pictures that Krieg had thrown into the fire. It shows the eight children from the bus massacre, revealing that Krieg was the driver. Yeah, and again, um, completely oblivious Nick did not realize that until watching it last night. Anyway, later... A heavily bandaged Krieg answers the doorbell to give candy to some trick-or-treaters. From his porch, he sees Sam go towards Emma and Henry's house across the way, just as she is blowing out the candle to one of her jack-o'-lanterns. Rhonda then walks by along the street, pulling her wagon absent-mindedly, and is almost hit by a car carrying the werewolf girls, laughing in human form. Coming that that this is like post. Uh, woods party like they've eaten their men literally um so now again everything is being wrapped up beautifully here um all right billy wilkins sits on his porch handing out candy wearing a costume to mimic his father's appearance complete with glasses and bloody shirt unaware that his father is dead that part really makes me sad (laughs) yeah um Anyway, last moments here. Krieg walks back inside and the doorbell rings again. He opens it to see the children from the bus massacre standing on his porch. The boy with the vampire mask says trick or treat and extends his bag before the children then leap forward and begin to rip Krieg apart. And we don't see Krieg get ripped apart, but we see this like comic book version of the carnage happening. And then that's the end. And that's trick or treat. And that's and it, trick or treat. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope everyone enjoyed that dramatic reading of the IMDb synopsis of this movie. Um, if you need my dramatic reading services for anything, please just drop a line uh, to our email address or DM us on Instagram or Twitter. That um, sounds like, a, like if you need Nick to be your um, GPS, I can also do GPS. But I'd be like, uh, do the left thing here now. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Be, yeah, you, you should... I told you too late. <laughs> oh, man. You missed that. You were supposed to turn there. I'm sorry. Um, no. So speaking of GPSs, I recently discovered um, 
one of Karen Kilgariff's previous music projects, Karen Kilgariff being one of the uh, co-hosts of My Favorite Murder, in case you haven't heard of it. Um, and this small independent podcast. Totally small indie podcast. Um, and this album is called, oh my God, please come on Spotify work for me here. This album is called I Don't Care, I Like It, and it's Karen and her friend Drennan Davis. Um, and it's 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 a it's a comedy album, but one of them, one of the tracks is called GPS, and it's them uh doing um celebrity impressions about how the celebrities would be as like the voice on your GPS. And Karen does this um Bjork impression, which is really funny. And um, that was very loosely related to what we were talking about. Is it better than Katya's impression of, of Bjork? Um, I feel like it's on par because they both get the voice really. They they, they okay. both have the voice down, which is good. Um, but she's like, you want me to help you get around your town? Okay, but I don't even live here. Um, I can't do that. Uh, that was my That was my attempt at it, but it didn't sound like Bjork at all. Anyway... <laughs> Bjork from Ork? Bjork. Oh, I'm from I, I'm from Sweden. Or I don't know. Um I don't I'm, know. That's very um salad fingers. I'm just gonna stop because I can't do it. So yeah, um that's a random album recommendation for you if you enjoy my favorite murder. Um but trick or treat. Um wonderful movie, aptly named very well done. I feel like we've passed the expiration date for a sequel to happen. Um, I don't main- think there needs to be one. I'm fine without yeah. it. I mean, like, it clearly ties itself up very nicely. Um, like, if they wanted to make an anthology series where none of none of the movies had to do anything with each other, that's fine. But my one fear is we're so far out from the original now that it's just not going to be good or the hype would be so high that nothing would ever live up to the original. So, um, I mean, that's our take on it. So you should listen to us, you know, Hollywood professionals, because we are amateur professional movie uh, people. Amateur professional movie reviewers. That's the word I was looking for. Um, okay, so give okay. me your pumpkins. Give me your pumpkins and we'll say goodbye. Yeah, my my pumpkins are all five out of five for this one. I love it. Me too. It's just so wholesome and family friendly. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like like this is how the grim fairy tales were meant to instill fear in children where it's like pretty gross but like not gross enough to like fully disgust a child and like scar them for life but like almost like almost there you know um so this is just a really big lesson in you should not disrespect halloween don't do it don't do it all right so that means we gave this movie a 10 out of 10 jack-o'-lanterns. Um, I mean, this is certainly higher than what other people gave it. 
But I mean, overall, this is generally pretty well received. Um, so 92% of Google users like this movie. It's gotten 84% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is like pretty high for Rotten Tomatoes for a horror I movie. I agree. Oh, um, yeah. And on IMDb, it gets a 68 out of 100. So um, varying scores, but all over 50%. And um, I mean, honestly, the source that you should be trusting the most is us because, because we have a horror podcast and duh. And we just love this movie so much. It's very close to us. And it just reminds me of being a younger person and enjoying this for what it, what it is. It's just like yeah. a good movie. Yeah, I also feel like this movie very well encapsulates what it was like to be a trick-or-treater in Springfield, New Jersey on Halloween. You know what I mean? Like, yes. You are kind of scared for your life, but there's like so much adrenaline and excitement because you're getting free candy um, and it's cold. So you're like sweating because you'd have a cold sweat, but you're like you're actually super cold um, and your costume's probably a little bit uncomfortable, but you got out of school early. So you're like, hell yeah. Um, and then you're going to go back and eat all of your favorite candies first. And then over the next week, force yourself to eat the rest of the things that you like less and less and less until it's all gone. Um, Or, you know, unless unless it was my household, I got everything I wanted. And then I just gave all the good and plenty to my mom because that's actually her favorite candy. Um, That's so gross, Camille. I don't get it. I mean, like, if you like licorice, you like licorice. But, like, good and plenty is, like, hardcore licorice flavor. It's gross. It, yeah, I don't I don't enjoy it. But um anyway, I enjoyed this. I hope you did too. Um always, always. Mm-hmm. So without further ado, should we cut this off before it becomes another two hour episode? <laughs> yes. Okay. Ready, set, go. Keep on creeping on pumpkins and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.